As a thankful recipient of many, many skincare products over the years, I've learned to discern what is naturally actually activating my skin to rebalance and recalibrate on its own. That's what your skin is meant to be doing, and it keeps getting disrupted by all these choices that we make. So, when the founder and creator of Herbal Face Food reached out to me, I was all ears. I didn't know why at first. It turns out that Herbal Face Food is the most potent antioxidant skincare line on the market today, period. The raw plant ingredients in each of their products are never processed, never manipulated with synthetics or emulsifiers. These anti-aging botanicals are combined with the most precious plant concentrates, and they have changed my skin. Here's how. I'm going to talk about two of the products, the Herbal Face Food Serums and the Cream. The serums contain powerful phytoenzymes and antioxidants. These are activated and infused into your tissues. They hydrate and increase the resiliency of your skin, and they feel like they're plumping up your face. I use Serum 1 daily. I use Serum 2 when I'm tired and I need extra firming for my skin. And I use the X, which is also known as the Cure, for a small patch of rosacea that flares up every now and again, which you cannot see because of these products. When you feed your skin with herbal face food, you will feel real live ingredients at work. An activating flush, an invigorating tingle, some warmth, all of these are evidence of your skin healing at the cellular level and years of damage reversing. The cream is the most potent moisturizer I've ever tried, and I've tried them all. I live in the high desert. This cream contains 102 of the world's most powerful anti-aging botanicals and is also the world's first and only edible SPF <laughs> with a protection rating of SPF 50+. Plus. And this is accomplished 100% by plant power. And you can expect intense hydration, soothing for your tired skin. You can expect to see inflammation calmed and rebuilding of elasticity so your complexion looks and feels more smooth, and more radiant. Herbal face food is not plant-based. It's plant-powered. It has the highest rating on the ORAC anti-aging scale. ORAC means oxygen radical absorbance capacity. I never knew what that meant before. Highest, over 30 million on that scale. By contrast, vitamin C in skincare rates under 100,000. Herbal face food is using all post-consumer recycled materials and packaging. They use glass and aluminum, which is super easy to recycle as well. The products and packaging are 99% free of plastics. They contain no ingredients that involve the destruction or harm of any plant, animal, or marine life. These are 100% plants only, these products. These active concentrates are coming from the seeds, the fruits, the leaves, or the flowers of the plants only. These products have been a complete revolution for me. I know that you will love the way your skin looks and feels after using it even for just a day or two. And the best part is that Herbal Face Food has offered us, you, my community, a code to receive 20% off forever, ever. The code is capital E-L-E-N-A 20. Once again, that's my name in all caps, ELENA2020. The site is herbalfacefood.com. The code is all caps ELENA20. It's not just your first purchase, it's any purchase. You will love these products, and I am so grateful 
herbal face food for the change that you have made in my life. Thank you. Welcome to the Practice You podcast. My name is Elena Brower. Together, we'll explore and enjoy content and conversations around mastering transitions. In our relations, our wellness, our careers, our families, and especially in our missions and visions. You are invited to learn and love and listen with me. Welcome to Practice You. Welcome back to the podcast. I have with me one of my New York friends, a gifted, talented singer, songwriter, teacher, coach. Her name is Carla Doran, and she has traveled the world singing, dancing, and acting with artists like Pink, (laughs) Deborah Cox, I have a story about her, Khalees Talib Kweli, Emil Laria, oh my God, I have a story about her too, Bette Midler, Toshi Regan, Dr. Bernice Johnson Regan, and Robert Wilson, as well as starring on and off Broadway in numerous productions. Carla is also a singer-songwriter with a solo project. It's entitled Black Folk Rockstar. And it's she's currently working on her next album, inspired by the lockdown, working with the title The Butterfly Project, Songs of Transformation. Carla, first of all, welcome. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so grateful. I'm so happy to be here. I'm a little bit freaking out. The very last night of the <laughs> you. Pal- I have to tell you this story. No, I have to tell you the story. The very last night of the Palladium. Right. Okay. Okay. It's 8 a.m. I set my alarm to wake up and go there to spend the day. Wow. With all the people who've been up all night. And I get there. I managed to get all the way to the front, all the way up on the right side to the speakers, stage left, right side for mm-hmm, us. Mm-hmm. And guess who comes on live? Deborah effing Cox. <laughs> I, along with every gay man in that place, positively freaked out. I was there by myself. I lived literally a block away on 15th and 3rd. <sighs> I was there by myself, and we all lost our heads for five hours. It was the most unbelievable experience. And you've worked with her. Like, what are you telling me right now? I have toured with her. She feels like family to me. Like, I remember being on a tour bus and it was just, we just laugh. Like, even to this day, like with the lockdown um, on Instagram, you know, we formed these relationships. So I have like a new Instagram relationship with her. And for the oh. last two birthdays that she's had, D-Nice would like DJ all night and honor for her, her birthday on Instagram. So of I would, course. you know, pop on to wish her happy birthday and she would see my name come up and she would invite me to join. And literally, we just laugh when no. we see each other. That's it. Like, I don't even oh think we God. would speak. It was just like, just the sight of each other. We just fall into fits of laughter. Like she is pure joy her heart and her voice are not they are unmatched as we know no unmatched yeah unmatched yeah but to the fact that she has the heart that goes along with it and um the the like just the amount of joy and laughter that's what i remember most about being on tour with her oh my god 
I can't get over it. Uh, Amy Laria and I became friendly when she came to my class, mm. and she and then we saw each other a couple of times outside. She's such a light, such a light. With her, I feel like I really got to um, kind of like hone my ear and my ability to harmonize, and I really got to be like, oh, okay, I I can do this. I can do this. Like this is a master class working with her. Yeah, she she's she's a master teacher, and yes. I feel like she also is incredibly keen to empower people. Mm-hmm. It's not about her, no, almost to a fault, actually. Like I wish it were more about her. <laughs> yes, it is moving through her, and she is fully aware of that. Oh, it's so good. If you are are in touch with her anytime soon, please let her know. I love her, and I would be honored to talk to her anytime. Yes, the last time I saw her was I think City Winery a few years ago. That was a while back. Yeah. I wonder where she is. Yeah. Emil, if you listen to this, we're looking for you. Yes. And we love you. Yes. Um, In addition to all of your art, uh, this is something that I wanted to focus on here in this podcast interview because I feel like this is a contribution that you're making to the world that is extremely important. You're a coach. You are basically offering your own soul-centered yoga practice that happens a couple times a week and coaching. Mm -hmm. What's cool about you is that you're not just an artist and you're not just a coach. And somewhere in the confluence of these two things, you can come through and help people who are also doing both in a very particular Mm -hmm. way. And I see you doing it all the time. Can you talk just a little bit of background and context about how these two things have come together for you? Um, I would say bottom line is healing. I have found these practices to be healing for me. And I think that is what I want to share with people. So that is the connector, the healing that I've found through yoga, through movement and through coaching. So trying to think how it all started. Um, Yoga probably came first. And then I found S Factor, which is a pole fitness kind of studio, but Sheila Kelly, who is behind it, is this genius. <laughs> and I, she is. I've taken classes, and yes, she's a genius. Yes. yes. So once I understood the technology behind this movement that she was teaching and the healing power of it, I got really passionate about being able to share that in a way that maybe. People could not access it if they didn't have access to like a pole studio. So I was like, a lot of this movement works with yoga. And being that the lineage of yoga actually was traditionally for the male body, I thought, oh, maybe this makes sense that I want to bring this into the yoga practice that I have. And I want to bring some of this feminine movement in. And I discovered this at the same time that I was going through a particularly difficult time in my life. And that practice saved me. And I thought, oh, I want to do this for other people. So I had the idea about it. But I think through the pandemic is what really ramped it up for me without having this outlet of music and acting the way I was accustomed to. I decided to share my yoga practice and this specific practice that I had created for myself, which was this really beautiful, fluid, feminine movement combined with yoga online. 
And I also decided to get my certification for coaching because I had been coaching some friends who had come to me and they just said, I feel really great after talking to you and I would like to pay you for that. (laughs) So I was like, "Hmm, I don't know about this, even though I had a bachelor's in psychology, the first friend was very much like, you're my therapist. And I was like, no, I don't feel comfortable with that. I'm not a therapist. And I said, I'll be your coach. How about that? And so I started coaching him and he, he came up with a name for me, which I think is hilarious. He started calling me his shamanatrix, which I freaking love. Oh, I love. Oh my God, that's funny. The shamanatrix. So I really credit him for uh, really seeing that part of me. And then he started uh, recommending me to other people. And at one point I was doing a show uh, singing backup. And this friend was, was guitarist in that show. And the woman who we were accompanying decided to introduce the band. And she jokingly introduced me as her therapist. And then my friend who was the guitarist said, me too. And then like a couple other people in the band were like, me too. So it was like, that's when I started recognizing like, oh yeah, I do actually have another relationship with pretty much everybody else on this stage as their coach. Right. And that's when I really saw that this is something that is a gift that I really enjoy and want to share. And over these last couple of years, I've combined the two as just an offering again for healing. Yeah. I feel like there's a, there's a very particular line in the sand on which you dance mm. that serves the people who are trying to both create and make a solid living commercially. Mm-hmm. And it's a very uncomfortable thing. So I want to address this for the for the listener in the back who is a creative of any kind, who really does need to make money to pay rent or mortgage or whatever it is, mm-hmm. who is uncomfortable kind of putting themselves out there, who might be listening and, and wondering, like, how do you even begin to bring somebody out of their shell, to believe in themselves enough to share what it is that they do in order to earn money. Yeah. Oh, so many things. The first thing is interesting because my first thought is to say, first take the pressure off of it to be the moneymaker. Like there's Mm. something about that for me where it's like as you are cultivating your art and your gift and making it an offering, First, connect with what the offering actually is without the money being involved. And I don't know if that, does that make sense? Totally makes sense. It's it's what yeah. ended up happening to me very naturally. Like with the art, mm-hmm. the yoga, even with the oils, like I, it wasn't for me about the money initially, but then when I realized that it could be suddenly everything fell into place because it really is something, every single one of those things is something I love to do. Love empowering people, love making art, love, love, love. So to make money at it was a small leap for me because I love it. What I'm getting from listening to you is what I'm realizing is, and then as a result of that, you get to see the value from people and that your people get to teach you what the value is. And that's how you can bring the money in. Yeah. That feels right. And to see it, I talk about this a lot too, to see it as a service that you're doing. Yeah. 
so that you're not uncomfortable earning money for your great work. You're yes. just providing a service. Yes, because then it makes quality. sense that there is an exchange because it's an exchange of energy, money being also energy. But I think mm-hmm. it makes more sense for someone to receive the money once they are seeing the value. Otherwise, right. it's this external kind of grabby, reachy energy that may or may not result in the outcome that you're going for. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, that I appreciate a lot. And I think that all of the people with whom you work both formally and informally uh, have reaped great rewards from your mm. wisdom in this realm over the years. You have ways that people can stay in touch with you too. I know that you have a Patreon and I'm curious to know what kind of content you leave up there and what the link is so that our listener can look there while we're talking uh, over a few more things. The link is just, I believe, patreon.com slash Carla Duran. And right now I have um, some demos of my upcoming music project, the Butterfly Project. So I've placed the demos there. That's at the lowest tier. Um, And anyone who wants to contribute to like the production of the album can can contribute in that way. And then going up from there, I have recordings of all my soul flows. So the practice, the yoga practice that I do on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern, I record all of them and they are placed there on the Patreon. So if you are not available to practice with us live, you have the opportunity to go to the Patreon and watch it anytime you like. And then the next tier are the people who want to be able to come live as well as get the recordings. And then the highest tier is actually if someone really just wants access to all of my offerings, they want to be coached regularly. They would like a private practice of soul flow. They would like to come to the lives, get all the recordings and also get any information about the upcoming album and have access to all the demos. So that's the highest tier of my Patreon. That's sweet. That's really sweet. And I also want to talk about Dr. Bernice and also, of course, Toshi. Toshi yes. Tashi. Toshi. Toshi, I thought so. Yes, um, she's named after Pete Seeger's wife. Her, those are her godparents. <laughs> oh, well, that makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. My so. God, that's so deep and good. Yeah. Um, well, I am jealous. Uh, I want to share with our <laughs> listener another story of me at a show. Carnegie Hall front row spending my last two dimes to get a (laughs) ticket to see Sweet Honey in the Rock in Mm. the early 2000s every October Mm. it was straight up church for me and I would look forward to it all year go and get those tickets right when they went on sale that was a really particular moment in musical history and I would love to talk to you a little Mm -hmm. bit about your thoughts about Sweet Honey in the Rock and then mm-hmm. talk a little bit about how you got in touch with both Dr. Bernice and Toshi and what it's like to work with luminaries such <sighs> as they. Yeah. Wow. Mm. I'm not sure where to begin. Um, it's very interesting. So I'm just going to go with something that I don't know I've really shared a lot, but there's something about Dr. Bernice Johnson-Regan who reminds me of family. 
And she, there's something in her transmissions, like the way she teaches us music, like literally, I, I say working with some people is a masterclass, but it literally is a masterclass when we work with Dr. Regan, because she will sit you down and teach you and train you in the ways that she has been raised and how she sings. So it is one of the most profound gifts I've received in this life. So I remember sitting down with her and she was teaching us how to sing this music that is was inspired by basically the slaves in the field and how to use your body, how to use your voice to mimic the sound. And there's just a whole different way of being than we are accustomed to in, in this time period. And as she was teaching it, I all of a sudden realized that my grandfather sang like that. And I, and I got complete and total access and understanding of like <laughs> my history just by wow. being in the room with her. And I remember mimicking my grandfather and not thinking, and I thought it was his particular way. I just thought, oh, that's him. And I thought it was funny and fun. And, you know, part of me being an actress is I love mimicking things that are other than me. You're so good at it. Too. <laughs> I love it so when much. When I see you doing like a, a white girl who doesn't <laughs> realize how white she is. Oh, my God. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. We have to it's be able so to laugh It's so funny because it's like, it's so, all of these characters are actually parts of me. Like I grew up in predominantly white neighborhoods. So <laughs> it's actually a part of me. And it's just like, oh, I, that lives in me too. You know, <laughs> that's, that's who I was at one point in my life. So it's so funny. I love that you, you see that, but I've started to watch myself back with those characters. And I was like, oh, I know exactly who that, who that is in my family or who, what part of me that is. And they all are very much intertwined within me. But yeah, so as I was singing and mm. trying to mimic Dr. Regan, because that is what we're basically trying to do, we're getting this oral history basically like implanted in our bodies <laughs> so that we can reproduce these sounds. And I thought, oh, this is, this is why he's okay. You know, and it just, it it's, it's a download of information and such a gift such a gift that I don't even know if I can explain to her in that way or if I've been able yeah. to. All I know is that sitting and watching them perform, if you're listening to us and you you don't know who Sweet Honey in the Rock is, yes, I just need you to go get online and spend, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes listening At to a least. couple of the songs, please, and dive in. Turns out, James, my boyfriend partner, I mean, might as well be husband, but we're never getting married. He <laughs> he was also at those October shows and was equally as obsessed. I love that, that you two were sharing this experience and oh didn't find out till how many years later that you were both in the same place right? at the same time. It's so many. It's it's 20 years later. It's 20 uh, years later. And it's so, it's kind of obscure. I mean, it's not something it that everybody goes and does. But no. anyway, listener, Sweet Honey in the Rock is church. And if you want to go and listen to uh, some of the deepest soul medicine on earth, go listen to those women sing. Yeah. 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 Basically. It's, it is. It's, it's I, yeah. I don't even have words. No. <laughs> Please go listen. You shouldn't even bother trying, actually. <laughs> Let's just shut up now. 
working with Toshi on Parable. I want to talk about that because I just finished Parable, The Sower and Parable, The yes. Talents. These are two of the Octavia Butler novels. They're they're in a series, read Sower first, mm-hmm. if you're going to read, and then read Talents. To be honest, reading those two books inspired me to go get trained to use firearms. I remember you telling me that. And no it joking. Makes total sense. It's pretty recent. And the books themselves were so full of rich teachings on not just really race was kind of secondary because everybody mm-hmm. coexisted. Yeah. You know, Latin, black, white, Asian, whoever was there, they were supporting each other in whatever way that they could. And they were, they were. Because dealing. when the world is falling apart, you realize how much that doesn't matter. Correct. And then the fact that, how do I even put this? Our main protagonist, Lauren Olamina, mm-hmm. yep. she is basically coming up with, she's not devising these truths, but she's sort of pulling these truths from the ether, which are already in existence, which have existed in pretty much every religion. Mm-hmm. Putting it together in such a way that she's calling it Earthseed, which is yep. her kind of religion. I don't want to even use that word religion, but her her way of being. Mm -hmm. She manages to get pretty big with it. She's considered a cult for some time. And then people start to realize that it's actually a very useful way of looking at the world. And the main thrust of it is that God is change. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not like God is a thing, a woman, a man, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, as as somebody born Mm -hmm. in 1970, I'm still stuck Mm -hmm. with God as a man. Like, I don't know. I'm a Jew. Yeah, no, that I'm I grew up in two different religions. So I grew up Catholic and Baptist. So Oh wow. But both oh. of, obviously under the umbrella of Christianity, but still just right. a lot to grapple with. So I get the it. Baptist. That explains a little bit, actually. <laughs> yeah. It does. The fervor, the the beauty, the Oh yeah. I was in church commitment. all the time. My father yeah. was the choir director, so that probably <sighs> explains more. Oh my God, that explains almost everything now, <laughs> including Deborah Cox. Yes, yes. Um, and Sweet Honey. Yes. But the fun part about all of this is that if when Toshi came to you and said, hey, I want to make an opera of this book, mm-hmm. how did you even, did, had you read the book already? How did oh, you even no, get, no, 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 no. Please explain this whole unfolding. So I was already, you know, as, as the, like you were speaking of this cult that Lauren Olamina um, creates, I kind of was already in the cult of Toshi by this time. So I was like, whatever you do, I'm, I'm down. Because I have been introduced to both her and Dr. Regan doing a Robert Wilson project where oh. I actually got to play this woman, Clementine Hunter, who was a painter. Um, African-American painter who actually lived in in New Orleans and well, outside of New Orleans in uh, Louisiana and self-taught artist. Actually, you would freaking love her story. Um, Robert Wilson actually met her when he was a child. It inspired this story that they all collaborated to create. I got to play this woman and basically it it is was an I'd already done an opera with them basically long story short and this was the first one I had done and it was one of the most transformative uh, performances of my life wow. um because I got to inhabit this woman f- from 
you know, basically playing her life from the age of seven to a hundred, where she died this painter who her paintings were selling for thousands of dollars, where maybe she died, I think a little bit over a hundred. And when she had first started painting in the 40, when she was 40, she wasn't even allowed to go into a museum to look at like the paintings that she had painted. So it was, wow. yeah. So anyway, I was wow. a huge fan, whatever they do, I'm, I'm down. So when she told me about this and asked me to be a part of it, I was like, yes, I guess I better do some research. And I started reading the books and when I heard the music, because it is so divinely inspired <laughs> for obvious reasons, yes. and it takes you through different centuries of of uh, all the music that I guess is African-American inspired, is how she created this piece. And so I was just sold. And the way that she transmits the messages from this book into music is uh out of I have an out of body experience like the last time that I performed it especially during the pandemic and you saw this performance I saw um, it we performed on Instagram right yes yes because that is what one does during <laughs> when a you pandemic. can't be live yes <laughs> and so she asked me and one other uh singer Josette who's a phenomenal voice as well and mm. I'm just in awe to get to sing with these people. And on top of that, I'm singing this music uh, based on parable. And when I came home, I literally had an out-of-body experience that I've never had before. Like I fell asleep from exhaustion. And when I woke up, Elena, I didn't know, not where I was. I didn't know what I was. Like it had taken Mm. me out of my body so much that I, I had to like come back to being a human if that makes any sense. It was, it was so crazy and scary and amazing all at the same time. (laughs) But I just, I just remember waking up after that performance because it had elevated me so much that I was like, wait, what, what, where am I? Oh, oh, this is a room. Oh, this is, oh, this is my room. Oh, this is my part. Oh, I'm a human. Oh, I'm a girl. Oh, I'm Carla. Like it, I, I don't, I've never had that experience before. Wow. Yeah. It makes sense to me the the work, even just the, to go back to what Olamina in the books is trying to convey to people. It yeah. brings, I, I think this is where I want to sort of end our conversation because I think it's important to talk about this. What if God was change? What if we were at all times orienting ourselves toward the reverence for, respect for, and acknowledgement of the fact of constant evolution as God. Like, yeah. wow. I I actually can't see it any other way, to be honest with you. I am like, God, like I, God is what is. God is a thing you cannot argue with. Hmm. So yes, God has changed. God is whatever is happening. Yes. And, and I still love, like, I have friends who do assiduous Bible study. I love mm. checking in. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I love checking in on the Bible. James and I get into it every now and again. <laughs> I um, love that. Oh, my God. I love studying all sorts of religion. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, if you can call Zen Buddhism a religion, I'm practicing that to some extent as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I don't want our listener to think that you know, we're being 
irreverent in any way. It's yeah. really more of a, a just a dialogue and an inclusivity consideration more than anything yeah. else, but I love it. Um, okay, and you're living in New York now. I'm living in New York. I'm actually in Atlanta talking to you still. I'm still with my sister who just had a baby. Oh. She so. just had that baby. Yes. Yes. So it's you hard holding for me. that baby all the time. Just about. Oh. Just about. <laughs> oh. Just kills me. The, the little cuteness. Is she, is she already getting bigger? Oh, yeah. 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 Already. She'll be a month tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Damn it. Any, mm -hmm. any plans to leave New York or are you going to stick around there? I love New York. My ultimate desire is to have kind of like three places that I'm visiting throughout the year. Like I, I want, you know, like the, the book or eat, eat, pray, love. Like, I feel like I want this kind of eat, pray, love life, but it's, I don't know what it is. It's, it's pray, love. Maybe it's play, pray, love. I'm not sure what it is, but um, I want a third of my year to be in New York because I just love New York. And that's that time where I get to work and be in my artistry and music and, you know, theater and all of that. I want to have a third of my year with family, like here in Atlanta. I also have family in North Carolina. And then I want to have a third of my year in Bali because that is my that that place when I got there it felt like home and I thought wow. oh oh I'm supposed to be here I actually had people come up to me and say and and this one woman I was walking through this one of her shops and she was like oh you're, you're from Bali and I was like no and she looked at me like I was crazy and she said well one of your parents is Balinese obviously and I was like no <laughs> But I think there's a part of her that also under, she recognizes my spirit belongs there. Like there's something about Bali that feels like home to me. So mm. I say that to say that I think that's going to be one of my homes eventually. That is an exciting reality. I've never been to Bali. Oh, I'm checking it out. Please, if and when you go, I need to. <laughs> I need to be I'll there. I'll make sure I come when you're there. How about that? Let's yes, promise. you can stay with me. Yeah, we'll promise that. Oh, deal. yes. That's how deal. that happened with me. I told a friend when she was going, I was like, I'm going to go. And it manifested. <laughs> and it was through Toshi. Toshi did a show. And we were doing Parable in Singapore. Singapore is, an, is like an hour flight to Bali or something oh, very, wow. very short. And I, but I don't actually, it wasn't an hour, but it, but it was a hundred dollar ticket. That's how I got to Bali on a hundred dollar ticket from Singapore. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, it has been a great pleasure to take a walk up and down memory lane with you. Mm, to learn a little bit more about you and your work. I want to reiterate for our listener, first of all, patreon.com forward slash Carla, C-A-R-L-A, Duren, D-U-R-E-N, and instagram.com forward slash Carla Duren, same spelling. Yes, I love being on the gram. Yeah, do yourself a favor if you're listening on Tuesdays, <laughs> Tuesdays at 12. <laughs> No, sing it, sing it, sing it, go. It's Transformation Tuesday. 
Tuesday, Tuesday, it's Transformation Tuesday, Tuesdays at 12. <laughs> oh, I die. I fucking die for that. Okay. If you happen to be on Instagram at 12 p.m. on Tuesdays, Eastern Time, 12 noon Eastern, you will not be sorry that you tuned in to listen to Carla riff on what is important and happening and occurring in her world that week. It is so sweet to listen. Oh, I adore you. Oh my God. Uh, more soon with us together. I love you. I thank you. I have so much respect for the work that you're doing and I can't wait to see your solo work emerge and thrive in the world. Thank you for being here. I love you so much. I just want to thank you for being such an inspiration. <laughs> a lot of those things I don't, especially like the Transformation Tuesday, I don't know if I would be doing it without your mentorship and just this idea of really wanting to be a light and wanting to share your, watching you share your wisdom and your offerings and your artistry with the world has really inspired me to do the same. So I just want to thank you for that. Wow. That's a lot. Thank you. Well, it's true. Ooh. It's so true. <laughs> it's Take so me true. Now. That's good. We're, it's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wrap. <laughs> All right. If, if, and when I come back to New York, obviously we're going to have a long hug. We're going to go get a really incredible meal yes. at some really incredible restaurant. I'm <sighs> treating. Sounds and, perfect. And um, we're going to go see some really serious live music at our first opportunity yes yeah ah, it's okay. a date love you girl i love you too thank you thank you Thank you, AG1, for sponsoring the Practice You podcast. My listener, you've been hearing me talk about AG1 for some time. I think I've been taking it daily for almost three years. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens in one scoop in the morning. The best way to start your day supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and longevity, the conversation of the moment. The taste is delicious. It's suitable whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar. No nonsense in here at all. It's a multivitamin that your body will actually absorb. If you are wanting to make an investment in your health and longevity, AG1 costs you less than $3 a day, far less expensive, and definitely less time-consuming than many different supplements. Reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient, delicious daily nutrition. And since you listen to the Practice You podcast, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D and 5 
free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Elena. Once again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash E-L-E-N-A. Take ownership of your health, my listener. And thank you, Athletic Greens and AG1.